everything that was on my radar was good. Like he was never breached. His growth was always amazing. So I was like, none of what's about to happen is on my radar. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Okay. (laughs) Which as a doula is very surprising. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Teen. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Happy Monday. This week on the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast, I chatted with Sally about the birth of her first son, Bodie. Sally and her husband, Ash, are a queer couple that conceived at home with donor sperm, actually from a good friend of theirs. It's very interesting to hear about that experience. Once pregnant, though, Sally discussed navigating hyperemesis gravidarum, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically hell. She talked about switching care providers later in her pregnancy and a pretty scary event that caused Bodhi's interest into this world. I am not going to spoil too much of this episode for you. So without further ado, let's hear from Sally. Are you ready to create your birth plan? As a labor and delivery nurse, I've seen a lot of different birth plans. I've seen the positive experience they can provide, but also the way they can set some women up for disappointment. One thing that's certain though, I do recommend creating a birth plan before giving birth. Overall, I see birth plans as an empowering tool that gets mamas researching and thinking more about birth before it happens. Just like good childbirth education, the process of creating a birth plan helps eliminate some of the fear and anxiety surrounding birth because it erases a bit of the unknown. My team of labor and delivery nurses and I created a comprehensive yet simple birth plan template that has been used by thousands of women across the country. To grab yours for free, head over to mommylabornurse.com slash birth plan. That's mommylabornurse.com slash birth plan to grab your free birth plan template today. And now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, Sally. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your family? Where are you from? Anything you want to share? Sure. Yeah. So my name's Sally Ackerman. I'm 33. Me and my family live in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, It's me and my husband, Ash, and our son, Bodie, who's almost 10 months old, which is crazy. (laughs) And then we've got a dog and some cats and it's kind of a zoo sometimes. And then I'm also a doula and yeah, we're just living life. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Well, are we doing a birth story today? Are we talking about some birth? Yeah. So usually what I have people do is go back to kind of when you got pregnant (laughs) and talk about that and then talk about your pregnancy and then we can get into Brody's birth. Sounds good. So we're a queer couple. My husband's trans. So we had to sort of navigate how, what we wanted to do for that. We knew that I wanted to carry and we had to sort of navigate like 
who we wanted to get for sperm, like if we wanted to go to a bank or what we wanted to do. So we yeah. grappled with that for a while, actually. And then, so sort of like a funny, sad story. It was right before COVID and our friend was actually sadly dying from cancer. And she had always knew we wanted to be parents. And she was like, she's really funny. She's like, Sally, when are we putting a baby in that uterus? Uh (laughs) And so we were over there visiting her and a few of our friends were there. And one of our friends had always we thought joked saying he would donate. And she was like, he's right here. You guys could just like take care of this. Like right now. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. She was really funny. And so then we kind of like started talking about it some more and realized he was like genuine. And so thankfully before she passed, we were able to tell her that we were going to use him as our donor. Uh-huh. So then COVID hit. So we sort of put a little pause and that, cause we put, you know, we didn't know like, what like is this safe like what do we do yeah and they were pausing like all procedures there in the beginning so it you know people really didn't know what was going on at all no so we were like you know I don't even know like let's just like put a pause on this like see what's even going on yeah (laughs) so then it was finally like more like in the fall then of 2020 and we were like you know I think that maybe we feel comfortable with this and we had heard about this thing called the Mosey Baby Kit. Have you ever heard oh, of it? It's like a... I haven't. Tell me. Okay. So it's a syringe for at-home insemination. Okay. So it's cool. designed specifically for like ergonomic to be comfortable and like oh. to get the ma- most amount of sperm. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we bought a Mosey Baby Kit and we did it at home in home insemination. It only took two tries, which we felt really lucky. So then we found out on New Year's Eve, actually, of wow. 2020, which was awesome. And we like told everybody like right away. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so when you say it took two tries, like you tried one month, you didn't get pregnant. And then like the next month you tried again yes. and it, and you got pregnant. Cool. Yes. Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So that wow. was really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So you told everybody immediately, like friends, family, all the things. So let's talk about your pregnancy. Yes. So to back up just a tiny bit, I had found out previously that I have a bicornate uterus, Uh which means for people that don't know, my uterus is heart shaped, Mm -hmm. which usually the biggest things that happen are either interuterine growth restriction, which obviously you know that, or like a breech baby. So those are the things that were on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But so because of that, I had decided, I originally thought about home birth, but because of that, I decided to do a hospital birth. Gotcha. So my pregnancy was rough. (laughs) Yeah. I was very sick the whole time. I had HG. Oh, and tell people what that is and what that's like, because it's not fun. No. So hyperemesis, gravidarum. And basically I was throwing up for nine months. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what that means. Thankfully, I did not have to go to the hospital. I mean, I probably maybe should have a couple of times, but we were still so weary because of COVID that we were yeah. like, if we can push through this without me getting like IV fluids, like we're going to do that. Yeah. So thankfully we did. I was able to get on a couple of medications that did finally like help it. I was still like throwing up like once a day and I became like a professional vomiter. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is, right? (laughs) Like, Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I know. I have a good friend who just had a baby. She had her third baby and she had 
definite hyperemesis with this one. And she was just sick the whole time, had to be hospitalized for IV fluids in the beginning and just eventually got same thing, kind of got on the right routine of meds, but it's, it's miserable. And then her first two, she thought she was throwing up all the time. And she was like, the third one can't be any worse than the first two. And guess who ate her words? And it definitely was. So it's hyperemesis. I equate to mastitis. That should not even be a thing. Like whoever is in charge of that, that like (laughs) hyperemesis is a thing. And then mastitis is this thing that you can get right after you have a baby. And it's like horrible. We do not approve whoever was in charge of that. Okay. No. <laughs> no. And people, when I first was just sick, they were like, well, it's normal. It's morning sickness. And I kept sick thinking, like, mm. this is normal. Then why is everybody not talking about this? Because yes. I am dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so it was actually really validating when my midwife said that it was HD. Cause I was like, well, yeah. thank God. Cause if this is normal, like everybody should be off their entire pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Totally. This is insane. So yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get a little bit further into your pregnancy. So at what point in your pregnancy, like, do you feel like you got good with your meds and you were like kind of feeling a little bit better? I'd say it was about into my second trimester. It was better. And I wasn't like deathly, but I was still like throwing up every day. Yeah. But it, it honestly, it became like routine. It was like, oh, gonna go throw up real quick it's the time yeah yeah (laughs) like like it was just normal at that point right so it was about sometime in my second trimester where I felt like I had the meds like figured out and I was just you know knew I couldn't eat certain things and I was just yeah yeah that's rough So I know that you had a little bit of trouble with care providers, right? Can you elaborate on that before we get into birth? Yes. So early on, because I'm a doula, I know a lot of the care providers in the area. So I knew immediately who I wanted to go with. I like basically the day I got the positive test, scheduling an appointment. Yeah. And it was like a midwife group with three midwives and it was a hospital I really liked all the first sight supported there were really like positive. So I was super jazzed to be with them and really excited. I think it was at, so it was at 28 weeks. So pretty far along, I was thankfully like friends with my midwife. I get a text from her one night saying, Hey, I don't know if you've heard yet, but the practice has decided to let go of all of the midwives effective immediately. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Like just out of the blue. Yeah. I mean, they were going to be there through the end of the month, but yeah, I mean, that's not really, you know, for people that have established care. So it was a yeah. practice OBs and midwives, but you could see just the midwives. Right. So I right. never even met the OBs. Mm-hmm. So I, of course, am in hysterics, like yeah. sobbing, like losing my mind. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? I'm 28 weeks. Like, I don't Yeah. <laughs> I was freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> course my husband was at work so I was like oh my god like what are we gonna do like I'm like texting him I'm texting my doula like but everybody talked me down they calmed down and my midwife gave me some like recommendations and she did say like you know if I'm established somewhere but I just can't guarantee I'll be credentialed at you know a hospital Uh, in time you know yeah so she gave me her recommendations I like called it was ones that were on my radar too. And I was like, okay, that's validating. So I called all of them and they had like a sister practice on like the other side of town. 
So I was like, well, that's the path of least resistance in 28 weeks. I'm just going to switch to those midwives. Yeah. And so I switched to them and it was fine. I mean, I was like sad and I had to switch hospitals, all of that. And then, and I kind of grappled with the decision for a while. And I want to tell people you can switch providers like, yes. at any point, which is, yeah. so I kind of grappled with it for a while because the one provider I wanted to switch to more, but I didn't like the hospital she was at. And then the other providers, I didn't necessarily have any feelings about them, but I just didn't want it but I liked that hospital more. So it was a tough decision, but then closer to like 32 or 34 weeks, my midwife messaged me saying, Hey, I'm sure you're established somewhere, but one to let you know, I have joined this practice. Oh, And if you do want to switch back overall special you, which meaning that no matter who's on call, she will be on call for me, oh. no matter which midwife is on call. Uh-huh. Some special <laughs> doula. Yeah service. So I like went back and forth. My husband was like, that's who I love. Like, I feel really comfortable there. Like, obviously you love her. And so I was like, okay. So 36 weeks, I reestablished care and was now at my third hospital. Woo. (laughs) I know (laughs) it was wild. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. You said something really important before that, like you can switch providers at any point if you don't feel comfortable. Luckily, it sounds like if you had gone with this other practice, everything would have been fine, but yes, like good for you for taking charge and being like, you know what? No, I really like this midwife and I don't care. I'm 36 weeks. Like I can switch if I want to switch. Yeah. And honestly, uh, once we get into the birth story, we'll see more of this, but like hindsight's 2020 and also like your intuition is so strong because I ended up being exactly where I needed to be with how everything turned out so it was almost like I think all of the powers that be were really at work there like actually maybe it all happened because I actually needed to be at this hospital and I wouldn't have been there if they had just stayed with the original practice because I would have been like hey it's my favorite midwives and they're at this hospital so it all actually was, I think, how it was supposed to be. So that's really cool. And that yeah. I trusted that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah. let's get into birth. So tell me kind of days leading up to your birth, what kind of things were you doing? And yeah. are we going to talk about an induction? Or are we going to talk about the that your water broke? Or what happened? Tell me. All right. So I was totally, my mindset was like, hey, I'm a first time mom. I'm totally going to go to like 42 weeks preparing for that because... I know that's, that's how what it, ha- it yeah. yeah. And so it was really fun. Actually, my son's due date was my dad's birthday. Oh. And so it was a few days before and we were over at my parents and I was like, okay, well, I'll see you next week for your birthday. Cause I'll definitely still be pregnant. Like, we'll see you then <laughs> thinking, you know, all mm-hmm. is good. <laughs> I hadn't had any like signs of labor. I mean, I'd lost a little bit of my mucus plug, but Nothing really. I wasn't having any contractions. Although my midwife had said that she was feeling like Braxton Hicks when I came in and stuff, but I wasn't feeling them. Oh, and I should say we had like extra growth scans and stuff during the pregnancy because of my bicornate uterus. And so everything that was on my radar was like, good. Like he was never breached. His growth was always amazing. So I was good. like, none of what's about to happen is on my radar. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Which as a doula is very surprising. 
So it was, I was 39 and four and I hadn't had any cervical checks. So I was like, I don't think I'm dilated. I, it's painful. I'm not going to do it. So it was 2.30 in the morning and I woke up thinking I just have to pee and like you do. And I go to the bathroom and I wipe and I'm like, oh, there's some blood. And so my first thought is, oh, yay. Like maybe labor's like starting. Yeah, and some cervical like, change. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, like this is a lot of blood. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I'm like kind of panicking and I like shout for my husband and he comes in and I just am like, I'm bleeding. Like, I just need you to call like the midwife. I'm like calling my doula. He's calling the midwife. And before we even get the full sentence out to my midwife that I'm bleeding, she's like, go to the hospital. I'll see you there. And once I saw it was a lot of blood, my first thought was, okay, my placenta ruptured. Like I did have the forethought as a doula, like, okay. But I was hoping that like, okay, maybe that's not what's going on. What it is. Yeah. Were you still like, were you feeling him this whole time or were you like, no. no. So you were like freaking out. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't really let on to my husband how much I was freaking out because I knew he didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. And I knew he had to get us to the hospital. So we had mostly packed the hospital bag, but there was, of course, that like list on the fridge of like the things we still had to get. So he's like trying to gather those things. And I was like, no, like we have to go now. Like, it doesn't matter that we don't have those things or the car seat. Like we have to go. So that was at 2.30 when I woke up. We didn't have to call the hospital. My midwife's like, I'm calling the hospital. Just go. I'll see you there. She wasn't on call. Another midwife was already there. So we get to the hospital. I didn't feel a move the whole drive, which was terrifying. And I think I just kept saying to my husband, I just don't feel a move. I don't feel a moving. I don't feel a moving. So we get there, we go in through the ER and they ask if I can like walk up there. And I'm like, I can, but I'm bleeding a lot. And I just don't, I don't know. I was like, yeah. you know, panicked. Yeah. So they get me a wheelchair. They get me up there. They're like trying to get all my info. We get into a triage room and there's uh, so many people in there. So many nurses, the midwife that was on call is there. They're getting me hooked up. And at this point I had like bled through a whole pad, like a big, like postpartum pad, but then they immediately got his heartbeat on the monitors because they were like really rushing, you know, okay. because like, yeah. hey, I don't feel him. I don't feel him. And my poor husband's just sitting in the corner, like not really knowing what's going on, holding all of our stuff texting my midwife, texting my parents, everything, but everybody was like wonderful. And I like felt a relief once we got the heartbeat on and it was like good heartbeat and everything. And the midwife that was there, I hadn't met before, but she was really great. So they were getting my IV, all of those blood, all of those things. And then one of the doctors on call, like just at the hospital came in to talk to me. And I don't even know what everybody was saying to me. There was just so much. Then I know that the midwife asked if she could check me. And I know in my mind, I was thinking beforehand, okay, if my placenta ruptured, hopefully I'm dilated because then maybe there would be time either for an induction or to still have a vaginal delivery. Well, she checked me and I was completely closed. No dilation at Nothing. All. Yeah, nothing. And it was did not feel good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, especially with a closed cervix, that's probably way back there. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. Probably didn't feel so good. All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. All right, this one says, wanted to share some positive feedback about your epidural class. Number one, I first took my hospital's birth class that had six birth stories. Some ended up with epidurals or C-sections to show various birth types, but they all started saying they really wanted natural births, which I thought was very judgy of the course. Yeah, I I would agree with that. It also just said some things will be different with epidurals without going into it. I love that your course was designed for those who want an epidural. Yes. And number two, I actually pushed for six hours. Holy moly. And she sent a little, the surprised emoji. Yeah. Or the shocked emoji, I guess it is. Yes. I'm also shocked at that, (laughs) but I didn't even realize that much time passed because of your tips to not look at the clock, to take one contraction and push at a time and focus on resting between them. Oh, I love it. When my doctor told me it had been six hours, I was totally shocked, then immediately felt exhausted. Yeah, I'm sure you did. She was surprised I was doing so well because most moms would have ended up with a C-section along before. Thank you for the great course. Oh, awesome. Do you already know you want an epidural? Make it an informed epidural birth with Birth It Up, the epidural series, an online birth class for mamas that are planning an epidural birth. I think I just said epidural about five times in that sentence. As you've probably noticed, most online birth classes are either geared for mamas that want to go natural or they're super generic. What gives? Seriously. (laughs) We know that childbirth education leads to a more positive birth experience, so a birth class that suits your specific needs only makes sense. Get educated about the entire birth process from your first contraction through your hospital stay after birth. Learn how to manage the pain of labor before your epidural is placed. Discover the benefits, potential side effects, and what to expect from your epidural placement and and erase every ounce of unknown and fear surrounding your birth. Birth It Up, the epidural series will leave you feeling confident and in control for the big day. Learn more at mommylabornurse.com slash epidural birth. That's mommylabornurse.com slash epidural birth. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. So then my midwife finally showed up and I was, I just like, let out a sigh of relief when I saw her because I just knew that like she would take care of us. And so she came and she sat down next to me and she held my hand and she said, she's been looking at like the monitor and everything and that I can't feel it, but there are contractions happening and they are the indication that a plus 9% is ruptured, that that's like a specific contraction pattern. And that really she, you know, if we could do an induction that she would you know, advocate that for me. But at this point, it really does seem like a C-section. And when they said that I was zero centimeters dilated, I was like, okay, I know. And I was like, I know, like, that's exactly what's going to happen. And I at least obviously like fine with that, you know? So, oh yeah. Okay. It was a lot. So, so he was born at 5, 18 AM. So everything happened really fast. Quick. We I woke up at 2:30 and it was like Ooh, a 20 yeah. minute drive to the hospital. So so I kind of like then accepted like okay, this is like what's happening, but it was pretty awesome because like I felt like the support team was amazing. Everybody there was amazing and like made what was really scary a lot less scary. Good. 
Good. Yeah. So my midwife recommended that and I agreed that that was fine. And that then a doctor came in who was going to do the surgery and I met him and they got me prepped and got my husband, his, you know, little thing. And <laughs> the, the little bunny mid- suit. We call yeah. Them bunny suits. <laughs> zip up. Yep. Right. So the one midwife stayed with my husband while they wheeled me back to get me ready. And my midwife came with me. So it was really nice because we had like all of the extra support. My doula wasn't there because I was like, I don't think you'll be able to come in time. So maybe you can come later (laughs) because it was happening so fast. So it was great because my midwife was able to like support me through getting like the epidural before the surgery. And like I knew that somebody was with my husband while he was freaking out until he came in. She was able to like sit with me until he came. And I guess at this point I started like making jokes with like the OR staff because that's like my coping mechanism. Same. Yeah. 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 The humor so is, just... uh, it's great. It's, it's yeah. really great at times like that. Yeah. So I don't even know what I was saying, but according to my midwife, everybody was like cracking up. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So pretty quickly then my husband came in. I know my midwife like started playing some music for me on my phone and she was going to take some pictures for me. So we had Stevie Nicks playing. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) And I was kind of loopy at this point. I feel like even though I think it was mostly the adrenaline of it all. But yeah. Yeah. They don't usually give you. I mean, sometimes they give you if you're really, really crazy anxious, they can give you like an anti-anxiety med through your IV. But like, usually it's just because you're, there's so much adrenaline and sometimes they give you some meds for like your blood pressure. So that can kind of, I mean, it doesn't really make you feel loopy, but if your blood pressure is kind of off, it can kind of. Yeah. I think it was mostly the adrenaline. Adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. So the one doctor came over to say hi, and she had a scrub cap on that had foxes on it. And I just kept calling her Dr. Foxy. (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) I was like, I don't know your name, Dr. Foxy. Love it. So we still just call her Dr. Foxy. I don't know. (laughs) So she was laughing. Everybody was laughing. And then he, they started the surgery and they, he was out really fast and he immediately was like screaming and I was like so happy that he was screaming and I like couldn't believe it it was like so overwhelming actually because it happened so fast it does I was not thinking that I was going to have him yet (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't only that it happened fast in the OR but like it happened fast over these days that you think you still have like probably two weeks and then like oh my gosh, it's, I woke up at two 30 and I'm having a baby three hours later. And then I get to the OR and it's like minutes. A lot of people don't realize that, especially yeah. when it's your first one, because there's no scar tissue to cut through. You just have to cut, cut, and then whoop, baby's out. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like so fast. So I immediately kind of like freaked out and was yeah. like, please turn the music off. Like there's too many, like, it was like sensory yeah. overload. I was like, yeah. I need like everything. And then at that point, like I started not responding well to the epidural and I was getting really nauseous. Oh yeah. And I like started throwing up at my, according to my midwife, my anesthesiologist was like awesome and like immediately like pumped something else in to like help me. And like, so I was throwing up a little bit during the surgery, but he was screaming, which was awesome. And like, he was really mad to be out, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which 
yeah, I was glad about though. And they took him over to the warmer and my husband went over there. My midwife came and sat with me while he was over there. And I was just saying all kinds of things like, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. I can't believe people do this every day. I was like, I mean, not because like I'm judging them, but because like I'm cut open right now and I'm just like laying here. This is insane. Yeah. yeah it's like an out of body experience. <laughs> yeah. So I just like kept saying that over and over. Like, this is insane. <laughs> I love it. And I could feel like the tugging and stuff of them like stitching me up. And I know at one point I asked them like, hey, like what's going on down there? Are you guys like almost How's done? It going? Yeah. And they like told me like where they were. And I said, that's fine. I just, you know, I'm wondering yeah. how it's going. Yeah. And so it all like blurs together, like the timeline of it. But I know then at some point Ash was able to bring Bodie over and I saw him at one point. And when I first saw him, I thought, he does not look like my baby. Like, who are you? Like, you don't look like I thought. But then once he was close to me and like they laid him next to my like face and everything, I like started to cry a little. And like one of the first things I said to him was, oh my gosh, you have our chin. And I then recognized it because I always, me and my mom and my grandma all have like a very distinct like same chin I was uh-huh. like oh you have our chin Aww. and I so I was like okay you are like my baby which was really sweet and I was feeling pretty loopy then because I think whatever they gave me to help the nausea like kind of made me a little I don't know what it was but it made me feel a little loopy it might have been Fenergan because Fenergan can make you feel like that yeah because I was like So I was like telling him, I was like, your mama feels really crazy right now. (laughs) I was like, but you're so brave. I kept telling him how brave he was. And it was really cool because my midwife was taking like photos the whole time, but they were on live mode. So a lot of this I know because then if you turn the sound on, it was like little video clips. Yeah. So I hear myself say to him those things like, you're so brave and you have my chin and (laughs) those funny things. So yeah, that was that was everything. That. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So when you got to pack you and postpartum, how was that experience? Yeah. So I was still really like nauseous from the epidural. When we got into like our room, they like tried to have me sit up to see if I could like breastfeed him. And as soon as I like sat up at any angle like the room started like flipping and I immediately started vomiting all over the floor yeah which I haven't seen that with any like doula clients before yeah I mean it it was rough it's probably your blood pressure like that can just sometimes happen it's not so fun to feel I couldn't like sit up at all the first day yeah actually yeah so it was rough the first day, like Ash was thrown straight into fatherhood, had to change 900 meconium diapers. I couldn't like do anything. I was like, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sit up at all. My doula was there at that point. She came and it was nice because since I was seriously struggling, it was nice to have that extra person there helping because I was like throwing up and yeah. 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 Were you able to latch him or were you doing hand expression or what, like, was somebody coming over and bringing him to you? I'm assuming that obviously can't really get up. 
Yeah. So in the OR, they actually discovered he had a pretty severe tongue tie. Oh, yeah. Which was nice, though, that they discovered it, like, right away. Like, right. Yeah. 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 So I was, you know, trying to latch him and nurse him that first day. But between the tongue tie, the room flipping, me not being able to sit up and feeling also really loopy, I, like, have no recollection really of that day. And so he, I know, got some, but we really didn't nurse that first day but thankfully the next day I felt awesome (laughs) okay I felt great it was like a world of difference and we were able to work on breastfeeding that second day cool and every time I would have a lactation consultant come in but my nipples were completely destroyed from that first day yeah but they did do his tongue tie revision on day two there oh cool oh good That's really so good. So we were able to then actually start working on a correct latch and stuff That's right great. there in the hospital. So, That's great. yeah. So then getting discharged, I'm sure you got discharged a few days later, coming home. How was yeah. all of that those first few weeks? So the breastfeeding was a challenge because my nipples were destroyed. We managed through. And we now have a really amazing breastfeeding relationship, but I feel like I had a lot of support. Our pediatrician was a really good support, but getting those nipples healed was, whoo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For the first few, I mean, maybe the first week or so, every time he latched, I would like tense up and cringe. Like, oh my God, I know this is just going to hurt like so bad. And my husband was like, maybe he can't breastfeed. Like he was like hated that it was like so hard. And so that was tough. And then of course, sleepless nights, but we kind of got into a rhythm. My husband, every time we would wake up in the middle of the night to nurse, he would like get her like set up already. Cause it was, I couldn't like nurse in the bed with him because partially because of my C-section, it was just like not comfortable. So we would like go out to the couch. He would like get my body set up. He would like help me latch it. (laughs) He would put the haka on my other boob because I was like leaking so much. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So he was awesome. And like, really, I don't think we would have made it through that if he wasn't like helping facilitate each time during the night because I felt like I needed 10 more hands. So yeah, you do, especially with C-sections. You're really, really just, I don't know what the right word, disabled, (laughs) just like really, really like you can't do much in those first few days. And even in those first few weeks, it's really, really hard. I mean, it's hard for anyone having a baby getting up in the middle of the night, of course, but like Oh, yeah, I feel for my C-section mamas because it is especially hard, especially if you, you know, luckily, it sounds like your husband is like freaking rock star in <laughs> yes, support, yeah. you know, but there are some people who don't have that. And it's like, I oh, I, I feel so bad. Yeah, yeah, I know. Felt really lucky in that sense, for sure. And I feel like the surgeon did a really awesome job. And so, like, obviously, I was in pain and I like stayed on those meds, you know, but I recovered really well overall from it. So like, I was really nervous, you know, like I didn't know how it would go. And of course I was in pain, but the recovery did go well overall. So that's great. Well, for those that want to follow you, do you have a social media that you want to share? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram. My doula account's the best one. It's just Sally Ackerman doula. 
So yeah, I'd love to chat with anybody who wants to reach out. Yeah, cool. We'll put that in the show notes for people to click and follow you if they want to follow you. Thank you so much, Sally, for joining me today. This was fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.